You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. We're talking NBA playoffs this year. 2017 is underway. The playoffs are they're in effect. They're happening. We're going to talk about the Western Conference playoffs this week. My guest from TotalSportsLive.com is my good friend, Jovan Alford. Jovan, what is going on, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. Talk about the uh, Western Conference playoffs. You know, just got got through the East, which just, was oh yeah. which was which was which was which wasn't easy. Had some nice discussion. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Western Conference is going to be a tad bit more easier. You think so? There's only one good series in news. Yeah. That, that, well, let's let's run it, let's run it down now. You got. We'll start with uh, we'll start with the battle of the potential MVPs. You got Houston and Oklahoma City, the three six matchup. Right now, uh right now Houston's up. My question to you is one, how much trouble are the Thunder in right now? Oh, the Thunder are in are in a ton of trouble. I mean, and I was and I was thinking even before the playoffs started, whenever whoever they were gonna match up, I think they were gonna be in a world of trouble. And it's because they don't they, they have the playmakers, but then they don't have the playmakers. In the fact of that, you have a guy in Russell Westbrook who plays hero ball too much, in my opinion. And with a perfect example of this in game two, he shocked them out of the game. It, call it what it is, call it, oh my God, he had, you know, 51 points and, and X amount of assists and X amount of rebounds. He had a triple double. But look at that triple double in comparison to LeBron's triple double. Look at both of those triple doubles and compare. LeBron didn't shoot his team out of the game, he brought his team back. Westbrook did not hold the lead for his team. He helped them lose that lead. LeBron didn't play hero ball. Westbrook played hero ball. And that is my problem. I think that's why OKC's having trouble in this series because they have played. They have guys that can make plays. They have a guy in Stephen Alvey can make plays. They have a guy like Todd Gibson can make plays. He has a shooter in Doug McDermott. Yes, yeah, McDermott might have not been the shooter he was coming out of Creighton, that he didn't show with the Bulls like that, but the dude can still shoot the basketball. He has a guy, Victor Oladipo, who is who is helping scouter in a way you don't know he's going to get Dr. Mr. Hyde. But still, you've got guys around you that can make plays. And I think they're in trouble when you're going up against a team like Houston, who Houston's got shooters. I mean, James Harden, he's a shooter. Uh, Eric Gordon off the bench. Ryan Anderson. Uh, um, who else? Lou Williams. I mean, shoot, Patrick Beverly was given, was given, the, uh, was given the Thunder hell in game one. So. I think the I think the Thunder are in a world of trouble, a world of trouble because we saw what Westbrook going for fifty one. It don't even matter at this point. So, given what you said about this series, do you feel like, I guess, how you feel about Russell Westbrook and the style of play that he he's displayed pretty much all season? How does that translate into the MVP discussion? Do you feel like that you know? Because you know, I see, I see the argument. I see why people would say, you know what? Hey, this guy plays a lot of hero ball, and he dominates. You know, he dominates the stats so much that there are times when it takes his team out of contention to win games. Mm-hmm. So that being said, if you have a player like that, how can you then call that player the most valuable player on your team? How is that guy the most valuable player on your team? Yes, he is stuffing up the stat sheets, but he's stuffing up the stat sheets in a way that 
hinders you from winning. So given that and what is, you know, what's happening with him, do you feel like that kind of takes him away from being the MVP or do you still think, you know, the fact of the matter is he averaged a triple-double. His team is in the playoffs. So therefore, give him the award. I think, I think, I think how the voters, how I think how the voters have thought is that, you know, it's not about the hero ball. It's about the, the record, the feat of him breaking Oscar Robinson's triple doubles in a season. That feat right there is a tangible number. It's a tangible number people can grab at and they can see and they can say, he broke a record and his team made the playoffs. That is something that hasn't been done. Uh, and, and, I, and they see like, if it wasn't for him, they don't make the playoffs. So I think that's how I think that's how a lot of voters view it. I, but I mean, at the same token, there's been times when Russell Westbrook has gotten triple doubles where his team has lost. There's been times Russell Westbrook has gotten triple doubles when you're thinking, dude, why are you taking more shot attempts than the other four other four guys starting in the starting lineup? There's no reason why in game two you should be shoot. Yeah, 51 points is all cute, is all cute and all, but. 17 out of 43 from the field. Come on now. You shouldn't be taking 43. You shouldn't be taking 43 jump shots. Come on. Come I'm on. I'm not that I disagree with you. Because I don't. But you just said your 51 points is cute. <laughs> hey, man. You score 51 points. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> look, at your, look at your little 51 point. Oh, hey, oh Russell. Russell. Look, look, Russell scored 51 point. Oh, that's so cute. That's so beautiful. That's uh, <laughs> He scored a cute. And, and, it's not, and the thing is, it's not like I'm not even like try, I'm not even making fun of you or anything like that because it, it's like I don't. It's not that I disagree. It's just I've never heard fifty one a fifty one point game be called cute. Never. Hey. But hey. but but it is it is what it is. And when you know, given given that, given the type of player that he is, given the player that, and and just this this type this discussion, the MVP discussion, here you have two you know, the two pl- two players who could be the odds on favor to be the MVP battling in the first round. That generates a lot of buzz. Yet there's a series in this in this playoffs in the West that is not generating a lot of buzz. And that's the Clippers and the Jazz. Yeah, yeah that's a, I like that series. You like, like, that ser- I like that series? I'm sorry, I can't I get into that series at all, dude. I, that series I, I is only, so boring to me. Like, I only like the series just because it's not because of the Clippers fact. Because I think the Clippers are, I think they're just a team trying to hold on to what they had in yesteryear. In my opinion, uh, I think they're still they're trying to hold on to a core that really is not going to take you far. Uh, let's call it like it is. And they have a bench that's led by an overpaid Austin Rivers and 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 you know Redick and Crawford, who are much better players than Rivers, but they don't have a bench. A solid bench either, but I really want. Must like be this. nice to have your dad run a squad like that. Wish my dad hey. would hire me and overpay me. Hey, exactly. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Hey, hey, daddy. Hey, daddy was looking out for him. Daddy Warbucks was, you know, was with straight cash, just 
just just handing it out because he didn't want him to go. But I like this series just because of the Utah factors, not because of the Clippers. When was the last time we saw Utah in the playoffs? It's been a minute since we've seen Utah in the playoffs. Are we talk? I think we're talking like the Darren Williams, Lamette, Carlos Boozer, yeah. yeah, yeah, Williams, Boozer, yeah. guys like that. Jerry Sloan was still, you know, in his in his first run as coaches. I mean, he was, yeah. It's been it, it's, it's been it's a minute. Been, it has been a long time. It's been a long time, so that's the reason why I like the series more. I just like the series because of that factor. The Jazz. This is a young team who couldn't who just missed out on the playoffs last year. He took a huge step this year. Has fifty has fifty has fifty fifty one wins, which is impressive. And they're just doing it. You know, they got they they got a mixture of good of good young guys and mixture of veteran guys. They got George Hill, who has been much better than Jeff T. Much better player. Maybe in the end, they'll probably be thinking that trade now, by the way. They probably should have kept George Hill. They got George Hill. Um, they got who else? Uh, Gordon Hayward, who's an up-and-coming star uh, at, at there. Rudy Gobert, who a lot of people say he might be your defensive player of the year. Dude, it's just his wingspan is ridiculous. Ridiculous big man. Uh, you got him... Uh, you got Boris Diaw is still is on that team. Joe Inglis. I mean, they they just know how to win and play good basketball. And we can't forget ISO Joe. They got ISO Joe. It, ISO Joe came up in the clutch in Game One. He gave he gave the Clippers hell in Game One. I mean, twenty one points off the bench, and he was playing a small ball four. ISO Joe was playing a small ball four, and then hit the game when it buzzer. That's why I like this series. It's not because of the Clippers. I just want to see a Jazz upset because I think they're a very fun team. And I think we need a change in the NBA. It's time to remove some of the old guard to bring in some of the new. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's what I, I'm sorry. That's what I think when I – when I'm watching basketball and – you know, they do, you know, Saturday and Sunday, they had the quadruple headers. And you see the very, very, very late game is Clippers Jazz. That's when I know I'm going to call it an early night. I'm like, you know what? This 8 o'clock game is good. This is enough for me. Uh, that's the game I'm going to miss. I, I, I You know, I, I see why people like the Jazz, but they just don't do it for me. You know, they, they don't. That's just a squad that just doesn't do it for me. I mean, I could be wrong. And I, if I am, when I am, whatever, I'll admit that I'm wrong. But right now, no. No, I, I can't with that team. Uh, and, I, and I understand, and you are absolutely right about the Clippers in that, you know, I, I think their best their best basketball is behind them. I think they had a good shot, you know, a couple years ago when Blake was in his prime, when Jordan was in his prime, when Chris uh when Chris Paul was was there, but now mm-hmm. they're at that point now where they're just shelling out money to hold on to those fading aspirations and they're not getting a good enough return on those investments. Nope. Yes, you know, Austin Rivers is very overpaid. And honestly, 
I don't think there's anybody other than his father that would pay him that much money. There's Pretty nobody much. not related to Austin Rivers that would pay him the money that Austin Rivers' dad shelled out there. You know, and that's just that that's just that just is what it is. And now at this point now, you know, you're sitting there and it's like at what point do you realize that it's time to make a change and time to start building towards the future? And I think probably for an organization like the Clippers, they're going to try and hold on for as long as they can because they don't want to be, they're not going to be in a rush to become the Clippers of old. They like this Clippers team that they are now. They like the, you know, what you, you don't, you don't attach the same stigma, the same mindset, the same, you know, the same narrative to this Clippers team. The Blake Rivers, uh, Blake Rivers, Blake Griffin, Austin, uh, nah, well, yeah, we don't throw him in there. The Blake Griffin, Chris Paul Clippers. Those are winners. Those are guys who've won. Those are, that's a good franchise. No, they might not have won at all. They might not have gotten to the heights that, you thought they were going to get to, but that is a mm-hmm. good team. You don't want to go right. back to the Clippers of old, the pre-Blake Griffin Clippers. Those teams that were just that you just thought were inept, that you know, teams that you thought that just couldn't win to save their lives. I don't Aaron think they're there. Yeah, they're in no rush to get back to that team. So I think they're going to keep on doing it, and they're going to keep on. You know, not, now they're the fourth seed in the West. I think they're going to keep on doing it until they're completely out of the playoffs. Till they're just no longer a playoff team. And by then it'll pro- it by then there's a good chance it'll be too late. You know, it'll just be too late and they have nothing to you know, they have nothing to build around for the future. And that scares me. But Moving on to the 2-7 matchup in the West. You got San Antonio and Memphis. Memphis came uh they came back, they won uh they won game 3 at home on Thursday. How does that even make a difference in this series? Because to me I feel like the in the West you're really just building towards uh Western Conference final of Golden State and San Antonio. So the fact that San Antonio drops the game uh, on the road to Memphis, does that, you know, how much, in your opinion, how much does that really, what kind of difference is that? What difference does that even make? It doesn't make a difference. This is a series that I haven't watched myself because I already know what it is. I already know what's going to happen. Memphis is a tough team. That's just their nature. They're not going to back down. They're not going to bow down from no team. So they're going to get. San Antonio a fight, but this this series is over in five. I think San Antonio handles business, and they just they just go they just go through the, they just go through the motions. They just got too many playmakers, Kawhi, Lamarcus, Paul Gasol. They just got too many guys that can that are difference makers. Unlike the Grizzlies, who have difference makers, but they're kind of in a transition period themselves, where they're ushering the old, they're ushering in the new while keeping the old. The old right now, but I don't think it makes a difference. I agree with you. I think we're just building up to to Spurs Warriors. I think that's the ultimate build up, and we're we're slowly getting it. Or it could be Warriors Rockets. We don't know. 
But we're building toward one of those scenarios. It's so not, it's not going to be war. I, it's rockets. It's I, I'm just saying. Oh. I'm just saying. It, it's for the, really for, for the Houston listeners out there. I'm just saying. No, no, it's not. I don't. You know, I don't see Houston or Oklahoma City being good enough to beat San Antonio in a seven-game series. Oh no. You know, I I just don't. I, I you know I no. I just I don't see I I don't think there is a team in the West not named the Golden State Warriors that can beat San Antonio in a seven game series. That just is what it is. I think the other teams are also rants. You could and for me it's like you know people want to talk about how the West is so much better than the East, but to me you know it's, it's the same crap in a different toilet. You know, you got your two top, you know, you got your two top teams. Then you got six other teams that are just there to fill out a bracket. Mm -hmm. To me, you got Golden State, you got San Antonio, and you got six other guys there so you can watch basketball for an extra month and a half. They can eliminate all that and just have Golden State and San Antonio battle for the West. For me, and it's the same in the East. It's no different from the East. It's Cleveland. It's maybe, you know, to humor you, all right, it's Cleveland and it's Washington. The rest of the guys are just there so you can have eight teams. You know, you're filling out the rest of a, you're filling out a bracket. None of those other teams matter. You got Cleveland. You got Washington in the East. You got San Antonio. You got uh, Golden State in the West. It is, you know, that, that just is what it is. Yeah, that just is what it is. But nonetheless, Golden State does have to play a series in the first round. So therefore, they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. And to me, I feel like you ever see teams and they make a comment, they make a statement. And just once you wish you they just say the truth. They just call it Mm -hmm. like it is. For me, I feel like with Kevin Durant missing time in this series. I would love for the Golden State Warriors to just come out and say, hey, look, we gave Kevin Durant a rest because all we're playing is the Blazers and their garbage. (laughs) Just call it like it is. Because I'm sitting there and I'm watching this game. I'm I'm watching the play. uh, I think it was game one in particular. And I'm watching Golden State. With all their stars on their bench, all they had, you know, the the only star player they really had on the court at the time was Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. And Draymond Green, you know, he's more like a defensive star. Like, he's not going to give you a bunch of points, but he'll make great plays on defense. And he's having the game of his life, pulling, and he's leading his team to pull away from the Blazers while the Blazers have all their firepower out there. You know, the you're sitting there, Lillard's on the floor. McCollum's on the floor. Evan Turner's on the floor. Evan Turner, golly. What happened to that guy? Anyway, but they're all on the floor. And all of, you know, you're seeing Draymond, ja- JaVale McGee, you know, Sean Livingston, who I feel like Sean Livingston was playing when I was in high school. But, you know, you're watching that team pull away from the Blazers. The Blazers don't have it. They don't need Kevin Durant. 
In fact, I, the Blazers could sit Kevin Durant and Steph Curry for the rest of the series, and they would still beat the Portland Trail Blazers. You know, yeah. Blazers just aren't it. They're not ready for prime time. No, they're missing a couple pieces. That's all. They're missing a few more They're missing pieces. a couple pieces, but thank God they gave Evan Turner $75 million. So they, you know. And gave, and, and gave Alan Crabb about $70 million, I think, too. They Alan Crabb and Evan Turner made $70 million apiece. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But they're not tanking. No. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, Trailblazers. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this first round sweep. All that money bought you. So, oh, so, 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 I mean, so, so, given that, I mean, how impressed are you with the Trailblazers? Given that Kevin Durant's played. You know, he's had a reduced role. He he's had to you know he's had to sit for a little while. Had to miss a game or two. I mean, how impressed are you with the Golden State Warriors? I'm impressed with the Warriors, but this is just this is just pretty much the same team from last season, you know. And they're just on all on the same accord. Durant's kind of just been the extra added, you know, the extra added piece that helps that just that just that just rounds this team out more. They're still the same group from last year. Still the Draymond, the Curry, the Clay, the same group, and they just and they and they just they're just showing everybody that yeah, even though we added a guy like Kevin Durant, we're still the same team from last year. We could still get and we could still get the job done with the pieces that we have on our team. So it just shows you how good they are and how much better they can be with a healthy with with Durant. It just shows you how much better they can be. And, Shows you how if he plays and he's healthy, and this could be a quick playoff series for a lot of teams that come up against them. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.